You're listening to the Texas Standard. As we say goodbye to November and the week that was, we'd be amiss if we didn't spend a few minutes talking about what was making news this week. Joining us now, Sylvia Gonzalez-Gorman. She is Assistant Professor of Political Science at the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley Edinburgh campus. Professor Gonzalez-Gorman, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out to talk with us here on the Texas Standard. Thank you for having me. I Tornillo back in the news. Uh, that's the one-time emergency camp set up during the, uh, uh, I guess it happened, this happened during the family separation crisis. Uh, and, and as I understand it, this was where minors uh, were being sent, but this was not set up to house kids who had actually been separated from their families. Is that right? That is correct. It was set up as a temporary shelter and it did not include a family separation. Children. Okay. So now, now we're hearing that the numbers there are growing. What's going on? Well, we've got a lot of influx coming in. As I meant, you know, as I'll mention, 360 in June, we're up to 2,300 as of November, and we should see those numbers swell with the migrant caravans coming in. But children are moved from other facilities to the Tornillo facility. But I, there, there's also a story that, uh, of course, since you have to have people overseeing these young people, that employees are being uh, admitted at the Tornillo camp without the proper FBI background checks. What's what's the backstory there? Correct. Um, the Tornillo camp is being run by a private organization, and ORR, the Office of Refugee and Resettlement, uh, granted them extension to not have to go through all of those loopholes. So they have not been conducting those fingerprint checks or the child neglect and abuse checks. Is it clear whether that's legal? The ORR director has a right to waive those, but uh, the stipulation is one of the two must be met and none of the two are being met. Two Texans, we are hearing, might be running for president. And uh, this coming just on the heels of the midterms, it's hard to believe we're already talking about 2020. Let's begin with uh, Julian Castro, one-time mayor of San Antonio, former uh, HUD secretary under President Obama. He might be running for president, we hear. Yeah, he's actually said that he will make a decision whether he's going to run by the end of the year. He said sometime in December. Uh, so we'll just have to wait and see if he actually makes that decision. I'm pretty inclined to think that he will. I'm wondering, though, whether he might have some second thoughts, given uh, what he sees in the rearview mirror, a fellow Democrat? That's correct. Beto O'Rourke, uh, the three-time congressman from El Paso, has also indicated that he has some aspirations of possibly seeking the nomination. Interesting, though, because he had previously said he wouldn't run for the nation's highest office. That's correct. Uh, he's young, though. He's 46, as is Castro. But uh, the big thing about Beto is that he barely lost the election to Ted Cruz, the Republican, by 200,000 votes out of 8 million here in Texas. That puts a little wind in his cell. I guess it does, but he's going to have to have some kind of platform. He's no, not going to be congressman after January. Correct. He's going to have to keep his profile high. He's going to have to be out on the media. He's going to have to find a cause. Uh, he's going to have to get some support. Um, but I think there's enough political backers that will be willing to rise to that challenge for him. Watch this space. Sylvia Gonzalez-Gorman certainly is. She's assistant professor of political science at the University of Texas, RGV. Professor Gonzalez-Gorman, thanks so much and I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you so much for having me. You are listening to the Texas Standard. 